you're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors, presented by the Dallas Safari Club. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. No matter where you live, the DSC is nearby. It could be a DSC chapter near you, or maybe it's a gun range that we fight to protect. It might even be a youngster that we taught to hunt or fish. We are the DSC, biggame.org. Boy, we had another little cold front this week. They're just coming in every week, knocking those temperatures back. We'll get stable. It'll get to be perfect spawning water, turkey hunting weather, and then we'll get another one of these little blasts. It can still happen. I stood on the bow of the boat two weeks ago with a north wind, a 20-mile-an-hour north wind in my face, bouncing up and down, freezing to death. The wind chill, it was down there. And I caught a limit of crappie. I had to work for them. I had to move around. They weren't a foot deep, but we scrambled up a mess of crappie. And last week I told you about my turkey hunt, 40 mile per hour north winds. It felt like fall, not spring. But you know what? I started hitting that old box call, fighting the wind and fighting the hens. And before you know it, I had three mature toms prancing around right in front of me. Two of them are in my freezer right now. It can happen. And it looks like today, around here anyway, we're going to catch a little break from the wind and the weather. Maybe be able to enjoy a day outside. I'm Billy Kinder. This is DSC's Kinder Outdoors. Thank you for joining us in the camp house today. Front door to the camp house is brought to you by my friends at Fortiflora, America's number one canine probiotic. It's safe enough to use every day if you have a dog with chronic GI upset or if you have weaning puppies at home. It helps make the transition from mother's milk to that good Purina Pro Plan even easier. And it builds a strong digestive system for life in those little rascals. It's good stuff. Fortiflora. Learn more when you come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. K-I-N-D-E-R. Hey, we're going to cover a lot of country on the show today. We're going to talk to a guy that caught 102 pounds of largemouth bass in a four-day tournament. Just phenomenal. He was on Lake Fork last weekend. Patrick Walters. Fishing the Bassmaster Elite Series, caught 102 pounds of bass and came in second. <laughs> that just doesn't happen, does it? Typically, if you catch a 25-pound per day average, you're going to win every bass tournament in America over a four-day span. But not this time. Patrick's 102 pounds came in second to the 112 caught by Lee Livesey of East Texas out on Lake Fork. And man, these guys were catching eight and nine pounders on top waters. How much fun is that? We're going to talk to Patrick about that a little later on in the show. And we're going to talk about nature's call when we're out in the wild with Larry Wysoon. Yes, urinate on that deer scrape. It could cause results better than you've ever seen before in your deer hunting. We're going to talk to Mr. Whitetail, biologist, and all-around good old boy, Larry Wysoon. And I want you to meet a fellow named Joel Ham. Joel, I've been friends with his family, very close friends, trusted friends, uh, for more than a couple of decades now. You've heard me talk about my rancher, Jack. Well, this is Jack's son. He runs another ranch, another place that they have out in West Texas, and he deals with lease, hunting lease relationships all the time. I wanted to talk to him from a rancher's perspective. What makes a good hunter-rancher relationship? 
If you lease property to hunt, either to hunters or by hunters, it's a conversation you need to hear, and it's coming up a little later. Pour yourself a hot cup of coffee and make yourself at home in camp with us today at DSC's Kinder Outdoors. Wish all you bow anglers good luck today and tomorrow. The U.S. Open Bow Fishing Championship. They'll crown a champion this weekend when the bow fishing is over on Bull Shoals, Table Rock, and Truman Lake. First place money, twenty-five grand. And the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour. They got kicked off yesterday. They'll wrap it up on Wednesday. The second stop of the 2021 Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour on Lake Travis, just outside of Austin. Texas. Hey, you can meet all those MLF superstars like Ott Depot, Jordan Lee, Kevin Van Dam, Jacob Wheeler, all of them at the Hill Country Hangout at Bass Pro Shops in Round Rock, Texas, today and again tomorrow, 11 a.m. until 4. Hunting seasons never end. You got to put in for that draw. Idaho's Super Hunt and Super Hunt Combo is a dandy. Every year, 34 hunters win this special opportunity. Deadline for the first drawing is May 31st. Eight elk, eight deer, eight pronghorn, and one moose will be drawn. One super hunt combo will also be drawn. That winner is entitled to hunt all four species. The deadline for the second drawing is August 10th. Two elk, two deer, two pronghorn, and a moose. And another super hunt combo will be drawn. Stone crab season closes tomorrow, May 2nd. Doesn't make sense to me, though. The last day of harvest is today, May 1st, down in Florida. You probably won't win it, but you might as well put in for it. It's the tag of a lifetime, Moose in Maine. (laughs) You can apply online only until midnight Eastern time, May 13th. And you have until May 26th to turn in those special hunt applications for deer, elk, mountain goat, moose, bighorn sheep, and fall turkey in Washington. <laughs> Calming care from the trusted name Purina settles the overbarker, overjumper in your house. It's safe too. Calming care. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. When we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. I'm Mike Iconelli and this is Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Like everyone, the conservation world has been down a rough road lately. The money generated through science-based and properly regulated hunting, both here in the U.S. and abroad, is the key pillar of support for wildlife and wild places. I'm Corey Mason, Executive Director at Dallas Safari Club. Poaching, drought, and ties that would put a stop to hunting and the shooting sports, right and proper education of the next generations of outdoorsmen and women, These things don't stop because of a pandemic, and at DSC, neither do we. Many hundreds of mission-minded volunteers work without glory or headlines year-round for the DSC mission. That mission is clear-cut. True conservation work worldwide, sharing our beloved and precious heritage with all that will hear and take part, and defeating those that would rip up your Second Amendment and rights to hunt and fish. I invite you to come and join us. It all starts at BigGame.org. Imagine a change in Hollywood's message. Imagine a big screen version of your life telling your story. 
as a God-fearing, red-blooded hunter. Manifesting your God-given right and skill to gather groceries in the woods and pray over them on the dinner table. Lots of folks seem to think this film is a great idea. This is Michael Waddell. I'm Toxie Hayes. Hey, this is your blood brother, Ted Nugent. And want to partner with you to build the first ever hunter-funded, God-glorifying movie centered around our hope, our heritage, our harvest. What this world needs is a hunter. You make this world a better place. Come on. TheHarvestMovie.com The Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation salutes hunters for the role they play in providing critical funding for conservation. Funds generated by hunting licenses and fees, excise taxes on hunting gear, and donations to groups like RMEF generate funds that fuel land and wildlife conservation efforts from coast to coast. Celebrate how hunting is conservation at our annual fundraising banquet and auction. Be ensuring the future of elk, other wildlife, their habitat, and our hunting heritage. You know, as bird hunters and bird dog owners, we've seen our wild bird hunting opportunities dwindle in recent years. And if you, like me, don't want to kennel your bird dog in the spring just to let him hibernate till fall, then you should take a long look at the world's largest field trial organization, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, or NASTRA. This was the very idea of NASTRA's founding fathers back in the 1960s. They wanted to extend time in the field with the dogs that they loved. And it must have been a pretty good idea, because over the years, many thousands of men, women, teens, and families have enjoyed participating in NASTRA field trials. All pointing breeds are welcome, and there's no need to be intimidated. NASTRA sponsors over 1,000 field trials across the U.S. and Canada each year. It's at these trials where your dog can earn his NASTRA championship, qualify for entry into your regional championship, and NASTRA's five national championships. Take a look at our website, nstra.org, and consider visiting a local trial. We look forward to meeting you. This is Woody, Woody's fairly reliable guide service up on Rainy Lake, Minnesota. I've been taking families, friends, and corporate groups fishing for more than 40 years. Crappie, smallmouth, walleye, and monster pike await you right outside your lodge door. Not only can I show you a wonderful time on Rainy Lake, I can sell you your very own island as I'm a realtor too. So we can do it all up here and take a two-nation vacation with Woody. Over 90% of our customers make it back to dock safely. We hope you're one of them. Woody at RainyLake.com. See you here. Tailing redfish on the fly rod, fresh walleye in a skillet, big time turkeys running to your call, a massive 6x6 within 30 yards, and a new personal best in the bass boat. That's life at our camp at Kinder Outdoors with the Dallas Safari Club. I'm DSC Executive Director Corey Mason. Thank you for your attendance at DSC's convention and expo. Because of you, the vital conservation, education, and advocacy work of Dallas Safari Club will march on. BigGame.org. I'm Billy Kinder, host of Dallas Safari Club's Kinder Outdoors and a proud life member of the Dallas Safari Club, supporter of all of that great work that takes place all around the globe every day. Another guy that is a Dallas Safari Club life member, proud to call him a good friend, he's a big game biologist, 
television host, podcaster, outdoor writer, photographer, a heck of a hunter, an outdoorsman, my friend, Mr. Whitetail, Larry Wysoon. I've got him on that Kinder Outdoors trot line right now. Hey, Larry, we're only about, I don't know, seven months and some days away from deer season now, something like that. <laughs> Can't start too early. <laughs> How is spring uh, going for you? Our spring in, in different parts of the state, and different parts of the country, seems to be going extremely well. We've gotten some nice rains in areas where we need them, and still some really bad drought in some of the other areas of, of Texas. But thankfully, the areas that I'm hunting, we're in pretty good shape right now. And, uh, <laughs> springtime, of course, means spring turkeys. We're about finished with that in most places, and getting ready to do a little fishing here and there whenever the opportunity comes. But I'll tell you, it all revolves back around to hunting deer a little bit later this fall, as you mentioned. Yeah, that's that's the kingpin. Everybody loves those white-tailed deer. I had a great turkey hunt the other day. I shot two gobblers and, and just sat there and watched the third gobbler, and he was about an 8-inch beard. Uh, and I could have shot three, and I thought, you know, I'd really like to get by, invited back out here. So I held off. <laughs> Well, you know, that's that's right. We do have uh, areas in Texas where we can take three birds, so it, that, that that is a blessing. Of course, a lot of things come up in the fact that we have some fair-sized ranches to where, you know, you might take a bird in this pasture and move over a little way and take another one and then another one, but uh, I think you made the right decision. Yeah, yeah. I just hold off and watch him. I had more fun. I love to, I love to uh, call those turkeys and have fun with them. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about spending time uh, in the pasture and deer hunting specifically. Invariably, nature calls when we're out there, <laughs> when we're deer hunting, and we spend those long hours out there. Does our human urine scent bother deer? I'm asking this question because I know you're a biologist. You've probably looked at this before. I know some guys actually use human urine in scrapes. Uh, so there's all kinds of theories and stuff going around out there. What's your view? My view, based on many years and a lot of experience, uh, they can probably determine what human urine is for a grand total of about seven or eight seconds. After that, it's simply a uric acid, ammonia smell, and yes, you mentioned, uh, over, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. Years ago when I lived in Uvalde as a biologist, I got to know an elder, elderly man who had taken some ungodly big deer. And he, it took me about four years of spending time with him before he finally told me how he was able to take some of these deer. And he kind of cowboyed around and he said, you know, the one thing I do in uh, during the hunting season when I start seeing the first sign of any kind of rutting activity, particularly you know, in terms of scrapes. He says, I drink a lots of coffee and lots of water. And he said, then every time I go by any scrape, he said, I urinate in it. And I said, really? I said, that doesn't scare the deer away? He said, oh, heavens no. He said, if anything, it just makes that buck return to that scrape again and again. And he said, so when I'm seriously hunting, he said, what I'll do, he said, I, he said, I drink as much coffee and, and water as I can, and I visit every scrape I can and uh, kind of freshen it for the buck. And he said, <clears throat> really? And he told me the same thing. He said, I've never noticed that they paid any attention if there was any human aspect to the urine that, you know, was in the scrape that he deposited there. And he said, it just they smell that fresh area. Maybe they smell a bit of their, you know, smells maybe a little like a buck. Or, again, he said primarily, as far as he was concerned, it was just that ammonia and uric acid. 
and it brought those bucks back again and again and again and again. And since that time, uh, I've, I've done that numerous times to where I had a friend of mine out several years ago, and he wanted to shoot a really particular big buck, and I set it up where we were going to rattle close to where the scrape was, and the last thing I did when I made certain that he was going to see me do it, I walked over and I freshened the scrape. About fifty yards away, and he goes. That's a good. That's a good way to put that. I freshened the scrape. That's a good way to put that. <laughs> and he walked back, and he looks at me like, "You idiot! What are you doing?" I said, "Just, just wait, just wait." It wasn't five minutes. Here came the buck that we were looking for. I mean, an absolute monster buck that scored over one seventy, and and uh, he was able to take it. And the deer was walking right straight to the scrape. And when he shot him, the deer was actively working that scrape. Wow, isn't that incredible? Uh, I, you know, they just—I guess they just know that hey, someone's been here besides me. Uh, who knows? Who knows what they're knows? thinking? But it works. Years ago, it works. Years ago, when I hunted with John Wooders, and I credit John and, and Jerry Smith as kind of being the the two that uh, really created the interest that we have in, in mature whitetails. John was the first to really start writing about mature whitetail hunting as opposed to just deer hunting, and Jerry Smith finally showed people what a mature deer looked like. But when John and I hunted together, we hunted out of tripods primarily, and the last thing John would do before he, he crawled up in that tripod is he would mark territory on, on all three of those legs. And, you know, again, based on the deer that I saw him take, I'm going, hey, he knows something there, by golly. Yeah, you watch and study what these guys do, and it's not nothing that they do out there is by mistake. And, you know, even if you thought about freshening a scrape before or not, nature calls uh, when we're out and about, and, and everyone has had to, to go pay attention to that from time to time, and and it runs through our minds. Golly, this is, I'm you know, the wind has shifted, and this is not good. Well, maybe it is good. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it is. I, I've gotten to the point where I really don't concern about, you know, it, like I say, if nature calls, I just take care of business and and, uh, and then really start looking for deer. You bet. Absolutely. Well, listen, it's not long until uh, I'll see you somewhere up and down the road. We'll uh, we'll get together. We tried to go fishing and the wind blew us out, but uh, we'll get together <laughs> and, uh, and do something for too long. I'm looking forward to it. I get up there to the, the Dallas to, for DSC and DSCF meetings all the time, so I'll holler at you when I get close that way. That sounds good. We'll get together and tell stories. By the way, uh, you're, you're doing a, a great podcast now that folks can listen to that's uh, brought to you by our friends at the Dallas Safari Club. Yes, sir. It's called DSC's Campfires with Larry Weissen. We changed the name from Untamed Heritage not too long ago because realize that so much of the things we were doing was kind of like sitting around a campfire so you know it only just kind of seemed appropriate that we do the name change there you go yeah and you can uh, we, you can check it out at uh, biggame.org and larry i'm sure uh, lots of other places wherever you get your podcast right yes sir all right hey thanks for the time larry going turkey hunting today well remember the old kenny rogers song the gambler you gotta know when to hold them and know when to fold them know when to call and when to shut up. Here's my friend and turkey hunting extraordinaire, Pete Delkis. I let the turkeys tell me what they want to hear. And then and then I, I answer. I take their temperature. If they're real hot one day, 
you know, I can call a certain way. If, if they're real shy one day, well, then I've got, I got to lay off. I mean, it just depends on what they want to do. What those turkeys do determine exactly how I'm going to call. Let's say you're, you're uh, yelping uh, on your mouth call there, and you yelp, 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 and he interrupts that yelp. You know you've got a hot bird there, right? I do, and I'm probably going to interrupt him again. If, if he's going to interrupt me, then I'm going to call right back at him. I, I, uh, remember, I want to get the last word in. Okay, and then at some point, I'm just going to shut up. After I get him so hot he can't stand it anymore, I'm going to shut up. And then he's just going to keep calling. But he, he knows where I am. He's going to keep gobbling. Eventually, he'll come to me because that's when you want to play hard to get. You know, get that last word in and then shut up and play hard to get. And that's taking the temperature. Once he's told you, okay, I'm coming, well, then just sit down and get your head down on the gun. You're ready to go. Get ready to pull the trigger. This is professional turkey hunter Ray I. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side. Pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. Cubby's Promotions in Grapevine, Texas. Since 1995 has been an industry leader in screen printing, embroidery, and promotional product sales. Cubby's Promotions provides unique and creative custom designs. Great prices and quality products for your business, school, large group needs, or any occasion. We can design the perfect logo for your needs while working to ensure that everything fits your timeline and budget. Learn more at CoveysPromotions.com. I'm Tom Watson with Bend Knee International, asking you to pray for the Navajo people of New Mexico and Arizona. The COVID-19 pandemic has hit these native people exceptionally hard. In many cases, multiple families live in the same home. Water is carried from muddy streams for household use, and medical care is many miles away. I simply ask that you join me in lifting them up to the Lord. To learn more, please visit BendedKnee.org. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall, the Dead Rabbit Lodge. <laughs> you see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits, therefore the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Oahe. The view from your giant western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, 
a great game room and bar for entertaining. Guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef. Oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. It is the dream of the animal rights fanatics to suppress your most natural connection to the earth. To sell you a life filled with urban fascinations. To ignore that death is life's unwavering partner. Together, creating a relationship between predator and prey that makes it possible for us all to survive. To the hunter, this world's most honest steward, these fantasies are the poisonous, perverted manipulations of social misfits who would take this planet hostage. They should startle you and awaken you to trust the hunter in your blood. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. coming when we heard your trunk rattle across that old cattle guard. Welcome to our camp at Kender Outdoors with our partners at the Dallas Safari Club. At DSC, we like to look down the road 20, 50, and 100 years and see clear running water full of trout, majestic sheep in high snowy places, and grassy mountain valleys filled with elk. We also picture a hunter in that valley and a fisherman in that stream. Just like Theodore Roosevelt 100 years ago, the work that we do today is terribly important. BigGame.org. Coming up in just a few minutes here at DSC's Kinder Outdoors, we're going to talk to Patrick Walters. He fishes the Bassmaster Elite Tour, and last week on Lake Fork, when the Elite Series landed there, in four days, he scored 102-plus pounds of largemouth bass and came in second. How does that happen? Lee Livesey caught 112 pounds. Hey, we're going to talk to Patrick about it. What a great guy. If you ever get a chance to hang out with him at uh, the Classic or an Elite Series event or an in-store event somewhere that he's doing, drop by and say hello. Patrick Walters, great guy, and he joins us in just a few minutes. Right now, though, got a special friend from a very special family uh, to, to join me and talk a little bit about rancher hunting lease relationships and what can make those go right, what can make them go wrong. 
I want you to meet my friend Joel Ham. I've hunted on his dad's place for about a quarter of a century now. You've heard me talk about that through the years, I'm sure. Rancher Jack. Well, this is Jack's son, Joel Ham. Joel, always good to see you. Welcome. Uh, it's always good talking to you, Bill. I want to talk a little bit about something that you've done for a long time, your daddy's done for a long time, uh, and your family has done for a long time, and that's that's lease relationships with hunters on your property. Uh, first thing that folks need to understand is that when we come, when we come to an agreement with you to hunt on your place, this is your home. I don't care if it's 40,000 acres. That's your home, and we need to treat it that way, and I imagine that's something you'd appreciate. Uh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, not only a home, it's a place of business also. Yeah, that's exactly right. And hunters, in most cases, are not what drives uh, these these family businesses. It's livestock and cattle. You said something to me about how the hunting needs to fit your program. Uh, there's a bigger program, and that's livestock in your in your case. And what the hunter's doing, what they want to do, needs to fit what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, livestock is our main source of income, and the hunting uh, in my area is uh, is a supplement. And so we have to make sure that their their goals, my goals, don't interfere with one another. Yeah. Give me an example of that. Uh, are you talking about uh, when when some pastures might be closed sometime because or or what? what what's a good instance? Well, I don't. Uh, I would rather somebody hunt on foot or in a stand. I don't want anybody driving around in, in vehicles, okay. hunting in vehicles. Yeah. It just doesn't fit with the ranching operation. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'm not against it. I just it just doesn't fit in my operation. Yeah. So I want somebody who either hunts in a deer stand or or wants to walk, and that would just fit better with what I have to do. Yep, there you go. you got to put the livestock uh, number one. Uh, gates are important. Trash are important. is important. Uh, I would think that, that trashing up a man's place would be a quick invitation out the door, and, and you ain't coming back. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I tell them I'm not, I'm not in the garbage business, so whatever they bring out there, you need to take, take back with them. Gates are a big deal. Uh, you guys are meticulous. I know your family is meticulous about moving your livestock around, and, and your grazing practices are a dream come true for a hunter because we're going to have cover uh, when we hunt one of your ranches. Uh, but at the same time, if that gate's left open or a couple of gates are left open, that can cause a major headache. Oh, yeah, it can cause me a half or a full day, full day's work, and we just have an understanding that, that gates to be left however it is, and we've got some main entrances along the highway that have to be locked, yeah. and they need to keep those. And, and one thing that I have an understanding with before is, is during the hunting season, then that place is theirs. They can come any day during the, during the hunting season, but off-season, if they come do any maintenance, then I'm always to be notified right. uh, because I want to know who's, who's there. And, and if I see a set of tracks or somebody in the distance, I don't want to have to go check on them and so we have a they either text me or call me if they're coming in the off season and uh and that way i don't have to go check on them yep that's a real good idea and you know what else is a real good idea when you uh when you're going to meet with a rancher uh maybe go to town and have lunch sit down and visit somewhere and get everything ironed out beforehand this is not the kind of deal where you pay a man a fee to, to hunt deer on his property and then come along later and say well i also want to do this, this, and this. Make your deal up front and stick to it. Yeah, absolutely. We I try to make it pretty plain 
what the conditions are, and I try to ask the hunter what they're looking for. And there's been a couple of times when they told me what they're looking for, I just told them up front. I said, I, I don't think this is gonna, I don't think this is what you're looking for. Yeah. And so we just try to set the set the parameters and. And I let them know up front there probably won't be a lot of changes yeah. to that. I'm open for discussion, but there probably won't be any major changes. Yeah. I leased from your daddy for, uh, I guess, about 20 years. And we had uh, the best relationship I've ever had with a rancher because he always did what he said he was going to do. And I tried my very best to always do what I said I was going to do. And, uh, and I kind of headed up the lease. I'm the guy that put the guys together. And I felt responsible for their actions, too. And I think that's something that your dad, Jack, always appreciated is I, I kept a real close eye and kind of played mother hen to, to what was going on with our other guys around. Responsibility goes a long way. Yeah, it sure does. And one guy can, can ruin it for everybody else. Yeah. And so we try to have people that have the, you know, the same, same goals hunting together and so that one guy doesn't mess it up for, for everybody. And I understand that if a person puts his money down, then he, he expects to hunt. He expects to, and I don't mind that, And I, yeah. but then I just want to do it within the parameters that we've laid forth. Yeah. Uh, one of the rules I see broken most often on, on lease agreements is guests. Guys pay their money, and, hey, we didn't buy that place. We paid for lease rights. Uh, to come out and hunt, and then all of a sudden they show up on Friday evening after work, and they've got a buddy or two with them that are not on that lease, but they think they can bring guests out. That's something you got to get clear right up front. Right, I make that I make that clear up front because it can get out of hand. Now, one thing that I do that I don't hear very many people doing it, but I understand the need to get younger hunters out there, yeah. and a lot of people can't afford, you know, to buy if they got two or three kids, they can't afford to. Uh, pay for each kid and so my I just have my rule is as long as the child is hunting with the parent then they can hunt for the same lease payment but they just hunt on one tag like our county is a is a five deer five deer county and so as long as the child is hunting with the dad they're welcome to come hunt but they'll just fill one tag worth of game that's a a great rule to have the bottom line is uh, the the good the good the things we learned as a kid that were right, Joel, tell the truth, be honest, respect others. You do all that, and you're going to be okay. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's and there's some good hunters out there. I found that there's some people that I've really enjoyed having, yeah. having a relationship with, and we've gotten along. And I've actually given hunters their uh, lease money back before when things came up that didn't work out. I, one time we had a, some seismographers came in about mid-season and I couldn't do anything about it and so I gave them half their lease money back because yeah. it pretty well ruined their hunting. And, yeah. But they were good people and they'd been there a long time and I actually enjoyed having them there. Yeah. And so that was only, that was a fair thing to do. Uh, well, I tell you what, Joel, I sure appreciate it again uh, all the time that I've been able to spend with your family through the years. It's just been a treasure to me and my family. We've really enjoyed it. We've enjoyed y'all too and uh, it's always good to see you and visit with you. Thank you, Joel. Joel Ham. He manages one of a couple of big ranches that the Ham family operates in West Texas. Please and thank you. Those are words that we learn as kids, or we should anyway. And then before we reach gray hair, a lot of us seem to have forgotten how to use those words. They still apply. They still weigh exactly what they did when we learned them. And they may be more important now than then if we use those words from our heart. Hi, this is Walt Garrison. 
And you know, when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Whether you're new to firearms or an experienced, skilled shooter, the knowledgeable, friendly staff at Marksman Firearms and Outfitters is there to help. Marksman Firearms features an extensive selection of firearms, accessories, and specialty items. Military and first responders get a 10% discount, and they offer a 90-day layaway, same as cash. Buy, sell, or trade at any of their Texas stores, Granbury, Killeen, Mansfield, and Wichita Falls. For more info, visit MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. Now, more than maybe ever, we could all use a little getaway. And the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas is the perfect spot. We are open for business and with well-thought-out precautions to help keep our guests safe. Bring the RV and enjoy our full-service hookups, complete with cable TV, ramped-up Wi-Fi, and space to spread around while enjoying a great view of Grapevine Lake. We can comfortably accommodate any size RV or motorhome with plenty of pull-through sites. The Vineyards also features spacious lakefront cabins, fully equipped with all that you and your family will need to enjoy comfort camping. Our campground store is well-stocked with everything from groceries and ice to firewood and fishing supplies. Don't forget to bring the boat! The Vineyards Campground and Cabins features a private boat ramp with plenty of parking, a private beach, kayak, bicycle and paddleboard rentals, and even a full-service laundry on-site. Come to the Vineyards! We're right in the middle of Dallas-Fort Worth, but you'll feel millions of miles away. VineyardsCampground.com These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word, csbiblechurch.org. There's a place I love to go in the pristine Texas Hill Country that features first-class lodging, outstanding cuisine, world-class wing shooting, the best free-range access deer hunting in the world, my favorite, by the way, plus native whitetails and turkey, and some of the most comfortable hosts that you've ever enjoyed. Don't forget to throw in the fly rod. You'll want to experience the crystal clear waters of Joshua Creek and the Guadalupe River. Rolling hills and Texas live oaks, friendly smiles, and spring-fed waters. Orvis and Beretta agree that Joshua Creek is one of the finest hunting and shooting ranches in existence. And I think you will too. You won't find a prettier place to get married. And our staff and facilities will make your corporate event, family reunion, or private party turnkey and the best you'll ever experience. Joshua Creek Ranch in the historic Texas Hill Country between San Antonio and Fredericksburg. Want to go? Of course you do. JoshuaCreek.com. National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and say, hey, that's phony. This is this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. 
Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read the tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. warm campfire is always the gathering spot, no matter the weather. Tall tales and life's tough spots get worked out here. This is Kinder Outdoors, partners with the Dallas Safari Club. Over the past several years, many thousands of kids have started hunting, fishing, and loving the outdoors because of DSC. A great many poachers have been put out of business, and our elected officials know that we as outdoorsmen and women mean business. Come be a part of something important. DSC is at biggame.org. Two spectacular bass fishing performances in the same tournament. When Patrick Walters caught 102 pounds of largemouth bass on Lake Fork last weekend as part of the Bassmaster Elite Series, you'd think that would give him a really good shot at winning the tournament, right? Right. But wait just a minute. Lee Livesey had 112 pounds. I want to talk to you about this, Patrick. Welcome back to the show, Patrick Walters. Man, Billy, I'm happy to be here. It's, it's a good sign when I'm talking to you. That means things are going good. <laughs> <laughs> going good. Hey, Bruce Aiken just called me from Bass and said they're thinking about holding all of the elite tournaments on Lake Fork next year. Would that be okay with you? Uh, I'm probably going to have to buy Bruce's dinner tomorrow night then, though, because <laughs> things could be going pretty good for me then. I really do love that place. That place is it's something special. I don't I don't really know why I like it so much. It just it kind of sets up like my home lake. And uh, gosh, the fish are just huge. I feel like <laughs> it's unbelievable what comes out of that lake over and over and over again, year after year, decade after decade. And you mentioned your home lake. I was going to ask you, because it seems to be just such a natural fit for you uh, when you fish on fork, is it is it similar to something you've got back home in South Carolina? It is. It's very similar to Santee Cooper. Um, Santee Cooper is my home lake. we got Lake Marion and Lake Moultrie. Um, we have a lot of flooded timber. Uh, we got a lot of big bass. Um, they eat big baits. They eat gizzard shad. They eat crappie. I mean, they it's a very shallow fishery filled with stumps, you know, so I like how it's it's not the easiest to navigate. The fish are big. Um, and honestly, I feel like I'd be scared to swim in Lake Fork because I feel like if you went swimming around, one of those 10-pounders might come up there and bite your foot or something. <laughs> There's just <laughs> that many big fish in that pond. Hey, I saw you uh, fall down. You, you crashed. You had a pretty good crash on the on the deck of the boat there. Uh, that yeah, you could have gone overboard. <laughs> I, I definitely took a dirt nap on that one. That was actually the first keeper of the morning, and I actually had to ice my ankle after I got done driving. It hurt. I was kind of surprised after the adrenaline. I was kind of, but actually kind of hurt. So I better put some ice on that sucker. No idea why I was going to the front of the boat with that much momentum. Like I don't. You can only go 15 feet. You know. I don't know why I was running that fast, but I caught that cable from that camera and i'm telling you i just flat on my face i think i had some carpet in my teeth (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well i'm glad that you bounced right back up and went on and had a monster day uh and a monster tournament man when you when you surpass the century mark and you catch more than 100 pounds you're supposed to win the tournament 
you came in second. That that lake is unbel- that's a testament to Fork. It, it truly is a testament to Fork. When you can catch a hundred pounds, I think it was a hundred and two pounds and some change, and still lose by ten pounds. That's unbelievable. I mean, it's that truly the fishing in that lake, like you said, year after year after year. No matter how much pressure that lake gets, it still performs. And that's just yep. what I love about that place is just there's so many fish in there. There's so many big fish. Um, and you, you can't complain when you catch 102 pounds. Um, and mm-hmm. I'd rather, I'd much rather get beat by 10 pounds than say by like a pound or two. Or, or if I was only one fish away, then it's like, man, shoulda, coulda, woulda. But when a guy catches 42 pounds on the final day, he deserves to win. Yeah, that's a little tough to compete with. That was, that was amazing. Uh, you you were pulling up on these fish that were both it looked like pre spawn and post spawn. They were coming in and out of that area that that you were in uh, on Sunday morning, um, and and I guess that was the game plan. You just kind of set up in a transition spot. Is that what that was? It really was. I was trying to hit high percentage areas where the fish were coming and going, kind of where it was just kind of hard spots, a little shallow points um, where the shad were starting to spawn, the shad were grouping up. And the fish, it's basically, it's the dinner plate. Those fish pull up there and they feed on the way to spawn. And when they get done spawning, they come back there and they hit, they feed real hard before they go back offshore. Um, and it's, it's really, it's like, it's a hero or zero. You're either going to bust them really good or you're going to struggle. Um, and day two, I think the whole field in general struggled with different weather conditions. I think the lake was pulling water. And so nobody really caught them. I ended up catching only 15 pounds day two. Um, Lee Livesey only had 17 pounds, so it was, you could tell things were different, and then after that, things really picked back up, and day four, uh, on Sunday, I think we had the best weather conditions, the full moon was on Monday, and I think those fish just, they, they, the fish that were actually there started biting, and it showed you what was living in that pond. Yeah, it was, it was just so much fun to watch, you know, I, I was watching on FS1, uh, it's so cool that the Elite Series is uh, Saturday and Sunday mornings live now uh, this year. And it looked like an edited best of uh, video <laughs> because they were just going boat to boat to boat. You know, Libacy's got a nine-pounder. Now, wait a minute, let's move it over here. There were like six of you guys that were just pounding them, and they were going in circles. It was it was just amazing to watch. And then you did one of my favorite things in the world. You threw a big old crankbait out there, I believe it was, and and pulled back, uh, drew back about a two-pound crappie. Yeah, you can't beat those suckers. I'm telling you, they live in that pond. I caught some good ones in practice. Yeah, the crappie in Lake Fork, I don't think, gets as much notoriety as the bass fishing does. Uh, what crappie I've caught out there in that timber is, uh, it kind of makes me want to go out there and drown a minnow every now and then. <laughs> they had a big crappie thon out there a couple of weeks ago. And to make the top 20, you had to have a two-pounder better uh, crappie, so that that tells you. And there was one three-pounder that came out of that uh, that tournament. Uh, man, I tell you what, you're on fire. If you look back over your past year and bring it on down to the last six months, uh, you are performing at a very high level. Do you feel like you're fishing at the top of your game, Patrick? Um, I feel like we're getting close. You know, there's always some things that, you know, some decisions you wish you would have made a little different. Um, I wasn't too happy with my Sabine finish. I think we finished 30 seconds there. Um, I thought I could do a little better at that one. That one was a little mishap. Um, it's just we're focusing one day at a time. I'm not worried about the next tournament. I'm only worried about today and then 
you know, the first day of the next tournament, just one day at a time. I'm not worried about making the final day. I'm just trying to catch everything that I can catch, and things are just kind of slowly progressing. It's uh, definitely things are going good. You just kind of got to ride that train when the train leaves the station. Yep, there you go. Uh, do you ever take a peek over there at those Angler of the Year points and see what's going on? Uh, I don't look at them too much. I do get informed about them, though. Like, my wife, she looks at them, and I was talking with Ronnie last night, and uh, he showed them to me. And people do tell you about them, so you do know where it's at. Uh, but I don't – I just keep on – I know we're there. I know it's a tight race between me and Seth um, at right now. Um, and Seth is having a great season. He's going to be a hard one to beat. You know, he has up north yet to the small mouth, but uh, I'm looking forward to it because – Patrick, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. And hey, we're watching week after week to see what Patrick Walters is doing. It's so much fun to watch you fish, man. Go get them. Man, Billy, I greatly appreciate it. Anytime y'all want me back on, just give me a call and uh, hopefully we can keep catching fish. And uh, I look forward to getting back to Lake Fork really soon. Hey, we'll see you down here for the Classic before long, just a couple of months away. Yes, sir. We'll be back in Fort Worth come June. Now, I'm, I'm looking forward for Ray Roberts. I think that's going to be a, an excellent event. Um, I think we're going to catch some big fish. So I am really excited about that one. Just very quickly, your history on uh, Ray Roberts? Never been there. I like that. You stumble in there and start catching those eight-pounders again, you'll do well. That's my advice to you. Now, I, li- I like going into an area with no preconceived notions because then you find the biting fish. When you have too much history on a body of water, you just kind of get caught up in chasing an old pattern. But uh, I'm excited about looking at it and going fishing. we got four days of practice, so I feel like there's going to be plenty of time to break in that body of water. I know it is hard to navigate it, but, uh, hey, that's what that Yamaha's for. We're going to make sure we spend it. <laughs> Very good. Patrick, be safe, and we'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Y'all take care. been dropped off in a remote wilderness where the bears outnumber people 10 to 1 and the mosquitoes have been known to carry off full-grown moose lucky join us in camp and tell us about it at kinder outdoors with the dallas safari club we attend the most critical conservation meetings no matter where on earth they might be sometimes that's switzerland sometimes africa and sometimes the kitchen table with the future outdoorsman or woman DSC, grassroots conservation, at work, home, and abroad. BigGame.org. Welcome back to our campfire here at DSC's Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you ever want to reach out to us, uh, it's easily done. KinderOutdoors.com. K-I-N-D-E-R. KinderOutdoors.com. The phone number, 877-820-BBKO. The Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour is in Texas this weekend. They're down on Lake Travis, just outside of Austin. We're going to talk to Stephen Browning about that a little later on. One of my favorite guys in all of professional bass fishing. And we'll get his thoughts on Lake Travis as well. This corner of the camp house is brought to you by Purina Pro Plan. There are so many different formulas because there are so many different dogs. And there's a formula specifically built for your dog. The age, the lifestyle, physical conditions or limitations. Pick up the pro plan at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. 
Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas, and Texas. A lot of people are fishing now, more than we've seen on the water in a long, long time, maybe ever. The good side of COVID-19 is folks are buying fishing licenses and fishing poles and boxes of worms and heading out with family, with kids. A lot of people will incorporate fishing into their family vacation this year. Thought you might want to know about the five best national parks to carry a fishing pole to. I was tickled years ago when we visited Yellowstone to find out that the only license I needed was a very inexpensive one from Yellowstone National Park. I didn't need a Montana state license in addition to my Yellowstone tag. All I needed was my fly rod and my Yellowstone permit. Number five on our top five national parks to fish in, Acadia National Park in Maine. Never been there, but they tell me it is stunning. And an opportunity to saltwater fish for cod or pollock or hit the freshwater ponds and catch lake trout or landlocked Atlantic salmon and smallmouth bass. Always a tussle. Acadia National Park number five. At number four, Biscayne National Park has 500 species of fish in these warm Florida waters. The most diverse fishing experience in any national park. Even better, Biscayne is one of the best fishing national parks for beginners because they offer classes in both English and Spanish at Biscayne National Park. I've been to this one, and it's a beauty. Voyeurs National Park in Minnesota, right there on the Canadian border. And the fishing is through the roof incredible. Call my friend Woody Woods while you're there. He's in the Hall of Fame. He guides on Rainy Lake at Voyeurs. Tell him you want a boatload of walleye or go chase those hard-fighting smallmouth. The crappie we caught were spectacular. Voyeurs National Park number three. Take the fly rod when you visit Yellowstone National Park number two on our list. America's first national park and possibly the most famous. You'll have opportunities to fly fish the Yellowstone, the Firehole, and the Madison Rivers. Casting for those trout out ahead of you while the buffalo graze behind you. And at the top of our list is New River Gorge National Park and Preserve, Glen Jean, West Virginia. You might even catch a paddlefish from these north-flowing waters. Lots of different species in a spectacular setting. New River Gorge National Park and Preserve, West Virginia. Before you go, check the National Park Service website for regulations and licensing. And hats off to the National Fishing and Boating Foundation. They came up with the top five. If you do head out to our national parks or the woods anywhere with your family this summer, be prepared, be educated, and be careful. Just two weeks ago, a backcountry guide was fishing just west of Yellowstone National Park, a couple of miles in Montana. He lived in West Yellowstone, the little town of West Yellowstone, out by the Baker's Hole Campground, just about three miles north of town. Charles Mock IV, he was 40 years old. He had a fishing pole and his bear mace with him when he was attacked. Morgan Jacobson with the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Department says that it was a large, older male grizzly that attacked Charles. Emergency responders took Charles to Idaho Falls for treatment of very severe injuries. That was on a Thursday. He died on that Saturday two weeks ago. 
Seven game wardens and bear specialists were sent to investigate the area where the attack took place. It was believed to be the same bear that charged them. They shot and killed the bear just 20 yards from the group. They also found a moose carcass. They believed the bear was protecting that when it attacked Charles Mock. For your highly active, hard-working dog, you need Purina Pro Plan Sport Performance, 30% protein, 20% fat. Finely tuned nutrition for your bird dog or cow dog or very active dog. Pick it up at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Well, let's stretch our legs for a minute, maybe grab a fresh cup of coffee. And when we come back, we're going to visit with Stephen Browning, Major League Fishing's Stephen Browning. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm always thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Like everyone, the conservation world has been down a rough road lately. The money generated through science-based and properly regulated hunting, both here in the U.S. and abroad, is the key pillar of support for wildlife and wild places. I'm Corey Mason, Executive Director at Dallas Safari Club. Poaching, drought, and ties that would put a stop to hunting and the shooting sports, right and proper education of the next generations of outdoorsmen and women, these things don't stop because of a pandemic, and at DSC, neither do we. Many hundreds of mission-minded volunteers work without glory or headlines year-round for the DSC mission. That mission is clear-cut. True conservation work worldwide, sharing our beloved and precious heritage with all that will hear and take part, and defeating those that would rip up your Second Amendment and rights to hunt and fish. I invite you to come and join us. It all starts at biggame.org. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. I want to urge you to plan what will be the trip of a lifetime to Argentina. Hunt doves or ducks with my friends at Cordoba Doves. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative, and he's right here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Call him at 817-797-9020. Like me, you can plan your next trip of a lifetime with Lane Balky and Cordoba Doves. 
we pick you up at the airport and you're in our care custody and control, all meals, all drinks, all eats are included in the package. Lane is a hunter himself, and when he describes that first morning that you'll witness in the field, it raises the hairs on the back of your neck. The first morning, the fly-off of the roost in the morning is spectacular. Birds almost as far as you can see, and they fly like that all day until sunset. Come on, let's go to Argentina. It's closer than you think. Visit CordobaDoves.com or give Lane a call, 817-797-9020. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. Heroes who charged in the battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore. Men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. for the freedom, our men and women that defend it, and the Constitution that guarantees it. Welcome to camp with Kender Outdoors and the Dallas Safari Club. Today, while you are enjoying time on the boat or maybe shoot around the sporting clays, DSC will stand before your elected officials and remind them just how important your rights to hunt, fish, and shoot are. Even if you're not a member of DSC, we fight for you every day. BigGame.org. I sincerely thank you for hanging out with us in this camphouse here at Dallas Safari Club's Kinder Outdoors. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, you can listen whenever you want. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. It's everywhere. And there are people downloading the show all over the world. Every now and then we take a look to see where folks are listening. And, hey, Austria, Russia, Australia, Great Britain, all over the world Folks are tuning in to DSC's Kinder Outdoors, and that's so very cool. Thanks a lot. Only one rule around this old camp house. you got to come back next week and bring a buddy with you, okay? Stephen Browning is a seasoned veteran in the pro fishing ranks, currently fishing the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour, and they're on Lake Travis just outside of Austin this weekend. He's one of my favorite guys. I always enjoy visiting with him, and I caught up with him the other day. One of my favorite guys on the Bass Pro Tour Major League Fishing, Stephen Browning. How you doing, Stephen? I'm doing well, Billy. How about yourself? Man, it's all good, Stephen. I, I went to the Turkey Woods earlier this week, and uh, I out-yelped that old hen, and that Tom walked right up in there, and so I shot him. And then his buddy like wanted that. a piece of that, and his buddy walked in there to look and see what's going on, and I shot him. And I'm not kidding, Stephen, a third gobbler walked in, and I could have shot him, and I just did not want to be greedy. It, it's, it's, pretty, right. it's a good week. It's a good week. Well, you're ready to go fishing in. 
<laughs> I have been. Hey, I've been loading that freezer with those crappie too. It's been good. Uh, I feel like I have to shoot extra turkeys because you're too busy fishing to, to hunt them. Well, you know, uh, I always buy a hunting and fishing license, especially in the state of Arkansas. And uh, nine times out of ten, somebody else is going to get my turkeys. I can promise you that. I, <laughs> I, it it kind of gets in the way of fishing. Uh, you've got a son that loves to uh, to do all this stuff too, don't you? I sure do, Billy. It's, uh, Bo is a, a freshman up at Jury University in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, he is, you know, passionate about about you know fishing as as well as is you know looking forward to hopefully trying to make a career out of it one day. Man, that's you know back when you and I were growing up, Stephen, it 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 was a hit and miss deal if you wanted to be a pro angler. Or a pro outdoorsman, everybody, your your parents, more responsible people in the world looked at you like, hey man, I don't know about this. It's a different age now. I will I will say this: there are I, I, in 1984, uh, the Bassmaster Classic came to Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I was a senior in high school, and when that thing was over with, I I I this I set my goals to be talking to you today. And, uh, and, and good Lord willing, it, it worked out just that, that way. But, uh, yes, it, it, back in the day, there were not a whole lot of guys that pursued it. Matter of fact, Charlie Hartley and I used to, used to joke that, uh, you know, we used to have to call in to, uh, for our entry fees to, to get registered for tournaments. And, uh, I mean, it, it was a, I mean, you go straight through anymore. You, you know, it, it's online deal and you have to, you know, you're lucky if you get in. There's that many people, you know, pursuing our sport now. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's sure good to see. It's it's really good to see. Uh, I love what Major League Fishing has done by exposing you guys and your personalities to us a little bit more when you're out on the water. People uh, who who keep up with pro bass fishing might see Stephen Browning as a really quiet, reserved kind of guy. Just watch him out on the lake. Spend some time watching him out on the lake. You're a funny dude, and you're really vocal about what's going on. I love it when you talk to the fish, man. You're always coaching up those fish on what they need to do next. And it, it's you're just it's fun. You're having fun. It, it it is a lot of fun. You know the 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 thing about major league fishing that is a little bit different than than other uh, formats. Of, you know as far as how they do their camera guys. You know, you don't have to be leading the tournament to for them to put a put a camera on you. It may be a deal where you catch you're making a big move and and they're expecting you know the rest of the day to go well and they will bring a camera guy to you. And um, so we actually have a little bit better opportunity to uh, you know to have that camera guy in our boots, especially on the you know during the during the live broadcast. And uh, yeah, I, I get I get a little you know a little overboard sometimes, but but it is it is just it is fun and uh, you know it it gets you especially when you're making the moves you're doing the right thing and uh, you know it's it's a lot a lot of fun. Yeah, it sure is. Like Travis, uh, your history there I think is limited, but you do have a history on Travis. Well, we did fish the uh, a Bassmaster Elite Series, the Texas uh, Toyota uh, Big Bass Fest over there, I think in 2018. So uh, that was the last time that I have actually been on the lake. Uh, 
looking at, at, at the, the water levels, I want to say it's, it's about 14 or 15 feet lower than when we were there. So, uh, you know, we're going to go to a different lake, I promise you. Yeah. Do you remember much about uh, what you did and what won it and that sort of thing? You know, I remember, what I remember of it was uh, there was a really, really good topwater bite going on. Uh, guys throwing swim baits uh, and, uh, you know, Carolina rigging, you know, a little bit of everything. And uh, and that's kind of what I found over on Travis when we were there. It's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a more of a river style, you know, setup, but uh, it, it has a lot of different, uh, you know, techniques available uh, within that fishery. And I think that's, uh, you know, I don't think anybody that, that does any one thing very, you know, real special is going to gonna be head and shoulders over the guys that, that don't do that particular technique. There's ways to catch them on, Travis. It's just about whatever you like to do. Yeah, and that's probably going to fit uh, right into a post-spawn pattern, you know. It could be a little bit of a shad spawn, I guess, and uh, maybe, who knows what all will come into play uh, this time of year. But this this is for sure. You guys will figure it out. You will catch them, and, and you'll be talking to them again, I'm sure. Good luck on Travis. Stephen, always good catching up with you. You bet. Thank you, Billy. I appreciate your time. I love visiting with that guy. Stephen Browning from up around Hot Springs, Arkansas, fishing the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour. Here at the Kinder Place, we have fed Purina Pro Plan to our hardworking bird dogs and our lovable lap dogs ever since day one when Pro Plan became Pro Plan. We know a good thing when we find it, and we've had a lot of healthy dogs because of Purina Pro Plan. Pick it up at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hey, I'm so excited. Master Chef, our camp house cook, John Bonnell. It's a good old fashioned catfish fry for dinner tonight. Give us that recipe, John. I want to dredge those fillets in milk. I want to let them soak in milk and a little splash of hot sauce for about 20 minutes, and then we're going to press them into coarse ground cornmeal with plenty of salt and cracked black pepper. Fry them in a pan, and you can't go wrong, my friend. Keep it simple. Yep, and if you want a nice sauce to go on top of that, I've got a jalapeno tartar sauce you're going to absolutely love. Send me an email at bonnellstexas.com, and I'll share with you exactly how we do it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, And that's one cool thing about Johnny. He always shares what he's doing in the kitchen with you. And, uh, matter of fact, got a cookbook. If you want some help preparing your wild game or other dishes, you bet it's called John Bonnell's Texas Favorites, and we have an entire chapter dedicated to outdoor cooking, one-on-wild game, tailgate ideas, lots of fun stuff for you. You put your fillets in milk and a little dash of hot sauce for 20 minutes. What's that do? You know, that tends to help leach out a little bit of the muddy flavors. The hot sauce helps with a little salt. The, the milk will also make your fillets nice and wet so that when you dredge them in that cornmeal, and really it really helps the, the cornmeal stick to it. So you got catfish with a nice, crusty, golden brown edge to it instead of a, a pan full of cornmeal that fell off. It's Jace Robertson from Duck Dynasty. When I'm not in the great outdoors... I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Billy, if you don't sit down, those ducks are never going to come in. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall. The Dead Rabbit Lodge. <laughs> you see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. 
The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits, therefore the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Oahe. The view from your giant western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the Dead Rabbit. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word, csbiblechurch.org. Whether you're new to firearms or an experienced, skilled shooter, the knowledgeable, friendly staff at Marksman Firearms and Outfitters is there to help. Marksman Firearms features an extensive selection of firearms, accessories, and specialty items. Military and first responders get a 10% discount, and they offer a 90-day layaway, same as cash. Buy, sell, or trade at any of their Texas stores, Granbury, Killeen, Mansfield, and Wichita Falls. For more info, visit MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. The Moore family at Southwestern Parts and Service in Dallas has been specializing in fishing reel repair since 1970. Early on, fishermen nationwide recognized that Southwestern Parts and Service was dependable, honest, and very good at what they do. With the largest fishing reel parts inventory in the U.S. and even some inventory for obsolete and discontinued models. Yes, Grandpa's old reel sitting on the metal can go back to work again. Southwestern Parts is recognized by folks like Shimano, Abu Garcia, Daiwa, Penn, and Zebco Quantum as an authorized warranty center. And labor on fishing reels is 1995 plus parts on most models, and that includes cleaning and lubrication. And with six full-time reel techs, Southwestern Parts and Service strives to get your equipment back into your hands quickly. Is your local reel shop having trouble finding parts for repair? We can help. Come see us at www.fishingreelrepair.com. That's fishingreelrepair.com, 214-630-8161. We do work for customers worldwide, and we can help you too. Now, more than maybe ever, we could all use a little getaway. And the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas is the perfect spot. We are open for business and with well-thought-out precautions to help keep our guests safe. Bring the RV and enjoy our full-service hookups complete with cable TV, ramped-up Wi-Fi, and space to spread around while enjoying a great view of Grapevine Lake. We can comfortably accommodate any size RV or motorhome with plenty of pull-through sites. The Vineyards also features spacious lakefront cabins, fully equipped with all that you and your family will need to enjoy comfort camping. Our campground store is well-stocked with everything from groceries and ice to firewood and fishing supplies. Don't forget to bring the boat! The Vineyards Campground and Cabins features a private boat ramp with plenty of parking, a private beach, kayak, bicycle and paddleboard rentals, and even a full-service laundry on-site. Come to the Vineyards! We're right in the middle of Dallas-Fort Worth, but you'll feel millions of miles away. VineyardsCampground.com After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. 
you know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit joshuacreek.com. You boys are taking that old flat bottom out. Don't forget these coffee cans. Just like life, you'll need to bail a little water now and then. This is life in the camp house at Kender Outdoors, partners with the Dallas Safari Club. If you drill a hole in the ice to fish or enjoy open water all year long, you are the DSC. The hunter that glasses for sheep at 12,000 foot and the squirrel hunter with this 22 rifle are part of us as well. DSC offices in Dallas, but fights for you no matter where you enjoy getting outside. BigGame.org. Ducks Unlimited planned this ginormous event last year, and then COVID came along, and it had to be bumped back. Well, here it comes again, the inaugural Ducks, D-U-X, and Duck Jams <laughs> is set for June 25, 26, 27 at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, just outside of Fort Worth, Texas. Presented by my friends at Purina Pro Plan. How about that? Family-friendly outdoor consumer show featuring several interactive villages where you can see, experience, and buy the latest outdoor products in archery, fishing, off-roading, ATV, UTVing, biking, and a whole lot more. Exhibitions, conservation, and educational seminars demonstrations of the uh, latest outdoor skills and know-how from industry experts and company representatives. June 25th through the 27th at Texas Motor Speedway. Make your plans now to attend. It is going to be a humdinger. General admission tickets on sale now, 10 bucks for a one-day ticket, 25 for a three-day ticket. Military and first responders free with an ID. Children 12 and under free as well. Ducks, D-U-X, Ducks Unlimited Expo. I haven't seen the final lineup yet, but I bet you Tom Dawkins going to be there. Some really fine bird dogs are going to be there. National champion trainer and pro plan guy Carl Gunzer will be there. Warning, 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 you could go home with a puppy from this event. I've just got a feeling. <laughs> hey, let's get to work on those puppies right now. Let's go to Northfield, Minnesota, Tom Dockin and his world-famous Oak Ridge Kennels, and talk to him about noisy dogs in the blind, at the field trial. It can be an issue. <laughs> hey, Tom, it's a problem whether you're testing your dog or uh, if you're hunting your dog. He's making noise in the blind because he's excited, especially that young dog, uh, and he's anticipating what's about to happen, and he's vocalizing that. Is there anything we can do about that? 
Well, there's there's two things here. I always kind of ask, is he barking or is he whining? Oh, there's a difference? Yeah, there is. I mean, how to take care of it is different. Yeah. If he, I'd rather have a dog that would want to bark. And people go, why would you want one that wants to bark? Barking, you can do a bark collar. And when the dog would bark, the dog would get a correction. But the biggest reason there is a dog understands to quit barking. I mean, they catch on to that really quick. And then I wouldn't physically be doing anything. Yeah. You just let you just say, okay, you take care of your barking problem on your own. Whining, I'm totally convinced it's subconscious. Uh. It's subconscious. I mean, discipline-wise, I don't care what you would do. In normal situations, you have a dog that whines. Yeah, a house could fall on him, and, he, and two seconds later, he's whining. Whine. And it's just... It's just tough. My suggestion on that for anybody who's starting off with a young dog is nip it in the bud right away. So if you have a puppy who's whining or a young, not just in the blind, but they start whining, you know, get that muzzle, grab that muzzle, give a little squeeze, quiet, quiet. Uh, I don't care how good a dog trainer you are either. I've had dogs, my own personal dogs, that, you know, I, I go, i got to stay on him because mm-hmm. I, I don't want this to go. At for the first two minutes when you're in the blind, oh, isn't that cute yeah. if somebody's hunting with you? Yeah. The next four hours, miserably, uh, it, it's just lost everything. So I'd say the biggest thing is that don't let it get started. If you see it start happening at home or some of those things, do it. One other thing that you can do, though, too, those dogs are normally those higher energy dogs and mm-hmm. drive-wise. Um, take yourself a training dummy and, you know, early on, just just wear them down a little bit. Yeah. Take that edge off. Right. You know, they're... Have you ever seen a dog whining while he's pheasant hunting? No. No, I mean, they're they're on the move. Right. It's that anticipation of, I'm sitting here, I'm waiting, you know, there's nothing going on. Yeah. But that anticipation when they see that bird come in, they know what's going to happen. True. And then it's not just when they see a bird coming in. It's like, I'm anticipating we might see some birds coming yeah. in. So that makes it tough. Uh, so barking, definitely. Bark collar, you can take care of that. Any whining, grab that muzzle. And you may have to, you know, squeeze a little bit, quiet, and you may have to increase that intensity. And then I always say if worse comes to worse, worse comes to worse, you cannot take care of it. I say I have a cure for about 50 bucks. Yeah. And everybody goes, you're kidding me. I go, get a set of earmuffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cures for your ears, not for the dog, because yeah. it's just not going to stop. Yeah. And this is... Uh, this is would apply not only to our sporting dogs, which we love to talk about, but our house dogs. Uh, man, that's very common uh, with a dog that wants to be fed uh, while you're eating or wants outside or whatever he might want. If he has a desire and he's not getting it, he can just really drive you nuts with the whining. Well, and they'll manipulate you. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you go like, well, what do you want? Right. Well, he wants food. Well, what did he do? He yep. he actually communicated to you, here's what I want, but has learned more importantly that if I make this noise, yep. I get your attention. Yeah. So it's no different if you're trying to crate train a puppy or something that if every time they whine, you let them out. Yep. Who's training who? Yeah, the, the whining just gets amplified. One more time, the muzzle. Yeah, a little squeeze on that muzzle. And you can do it with those younger pups, too. Just a light little squeeze. Quiet, quiet. It uh, starts up again. And what you want to do is find a level where you might start getting some silence. So you start off light, like any other correction. And then you come back in if they start right away. Just a little more squeeze. Quiet, quiet. My, my own dog that I have right now, he's two years old, in the duck blind. 
he you know he's kind of one of those that really want he wants to be vocal yeah so he's at a stage where he'll he'll inadvertently make a little whine and he'll look over at me like uh, I didn't I didn't really mean to do yeah. that because he he's kind of he recognizes that it's getting a response that he doesn't want yeah. but I have to stay on it. Don't, just don't let it get going. Subconscious makes so much sense. I, I, it just makes sense to me. That dog doesn't realize he's whining until I correct it. Yeah, and, and the, the problem with that is once you correct them, if you see that they're right back to it and, and you go like, man, I mean, he, he doesn't want this correction, yeah. but he's right back to it again. That's really the convincing part that it is subconscious. And nobody's built a product that takes care of this. Yeah. And if I could... I would. Yep, but your ears are smoking now, Tom, and, you, and the gears are always turning. Hey, there's a wealth of information uh, uh, in your web uh, on your website. Uh, if folks want to look you up, take a closer look at what you're doing, what products you do have. Yeah, DeadfallTrainer.com, and that's got our whole product line in there. Not only our training dummies, but everything else that we have, are producing. The drone will be on there soon. That's one of our newest. And then we just came out with some brand new training platforms. We train a lot with platforms. I mean, on a daily basis, steady to shot, any base obedience and we design one now that uh, one of the biggest problems is that normal platform is if you're working with a check cord if it gets wrapped around the platform yep. and the dog jumps off you got the platform flying so we designed a platform that uh, if a check cord gets wrapped around it it just slides off huh. lightweight so you know all of this stuff is just we use this yep. every day and that's probably more than anything else why we develop everything we do <coughs> Hey, I'm going to brag a little bit. Our lineup of pros here at DSC's Kinder Outdoors, unmatched anywhere. Tom Dockin, Ronnie Smith, Carl Gunzer, Bob West, the very top dog trainers on the planet, pointing dog and retriever trainers, Larry Wysoon, handling big game, Major League Fishing co-founder, angler, and Bass Fishing Hall of Famer, Gary Klein, and Kelly Jordan, take care of our bass fishing, and Mr. Crappie himself, Wally Marshall takes up the panfish chores. We're so blessed to have this bevy of knowledge and information every week. Thanks, guys. It is hard to believe, but there's more great knowledge and information packed into this show right after I come back from the coffee pot. <laughs> Hi, I'm Walter Perry, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. It's really exciting to see right now. Uh, one thing that's great about archery is anybody can do it. Men, women, or children, everybody can do this. Um, our lessons right now are fantastic. We see entire family groups come in, have a great time, and they're finding out that this is something that is a great pastime, great sport, and everybody can be successful. Americans are learning what a huge benefit it is to learn to hunt, learn to fish, learn to put safe and wholesome food on our tables. Cinnamon Creek Archery in Roanoke, Texas, has taught many thousands of families about the great sport of archery. People who thought they could just never do that now enjoy the range and harvesting their own wild game. You can't just sell somebody a bow and say, hey, good luck. You need to be able to take them aside, teach them the fundamentals, teach them how to shoot correctly so that they can be as successful as possible and really enjoy our sport. Visit CinnamonCreekRanch.com and discover the great knowledge and satisfaction that so many other families have found in archery. Imagine a change in Hollywood's message. 
Imagine a big screen version of your life telling your story as a God-fearing, red-blooded hunter. Manifesting your God-given right and skill to gather groceries in the woods and pray over them on the dinner table. Lots of folks seem to think this film is a great idea. This is Michael Waddell. I'm Tati Hayes. Hey, this is your blood brother, Ted Nugent. And want to partner with you to build the first ever hunter-funded, God-glorifying movie centered around our hope, our heritage, our harvest. What this world needs is a hunter. You make this world a better place. Come on, theharvestmovie.com. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. Now, maybe more than ever, we could all use a little getaway. And the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas is the perfect spot. We are open for business and with well-thought-out precautions to help keep our guests safe. Bring the RV and enjoy our full-service hookups complete with cable TV, ramped-up Wi-Fi, and space to spread out while enjoying a great view of Grapevine Lake. We can comfortably accommodate any size RV or motorhome with plenty of pull-through sites. The Vineyards also has spacious lakefront cabins fully equipped with all that you and your family will need to enjoy comfort camping. Our campground store is well stocked with everything from grocers and ice to firewood and fishing supplies. Don't forget to bring the boat! The Vineyards Campground and Cabins features a private boat ramp with plenty of parking, a private beach, kayak, bicycle and paddleboard rentals, and even a full-service laundry on site. Come to the Vineyards! We're right in the middle of Dallas-Fort Worth, but you'll feel millions of miles away. VineyardsCampground.com In God we trust. That fish and story you just told? Not so much. Come on, it's camp house time at Kinder Outdoors with the Dallas Safari Club. The dedication of DSC members is seen when a teen and his mom shoot targets together for the first time, when a poacher takes aim but handcuffs block his shot, and when a senator or congressman vote yes to preserve your Second Amendment. That's the DSC at work. We don't tire and we don't quit. BigGame.org. Take us with you wherever you go. The bow of the boat, the deer blind, doesn't matter. We're there anytime. Catch a podcast, kinderoutdoors.com, kinderoutdoors, K-I-N-D-E-R.com, has all the info you need. If you missed it last hour, 
Patrick Walters, Bassmaster Elite Angler Patrick Walters joined us. He caught more than 100 pounds of fish in that Elite Tournament on Lake Fork last weekend and came in second. <laughs> I talked to him about that. Hey, welcome back to the show, Patrick. Good to have you. Man, Billy, I'm happy to be here. It's, it's a good sign when I'm talking to you. I mean, things are going good. <laughs> <laughs> going good. Hey, Bruce Aiken just called me from Bass and said they're thinking about holding all of the elite tournaments on Lake Fork next year. Would that be okay with you? Uh, I'm probably going to have to buy Bruce's dinner tomorrow night then, though, because <laughs> things could be going pretty good for me then. I really do love that place. That place is it's something special. I don't I don't really know why I like it so much. It just it kind of sets up like my home lake. And, uh, gosh, the fish are just huge, I feel like. It's unbelievable what comes out of that lake over and over and over again, year after year, decade after decade. And you mentioned your home lake. I was going to ask you, because it seems to be just such a natural fit for you uh, when you fish on fork, is it is it similar to something you've got back home in South Carolina? It is. It's very similar to Santee Cooper. Um, Santee Cooper is my home lake. we got Lake Marion and Lake Moultrie. Um, we have a lot of flooded timber. Uh, we got a lot of big bass. Um, they eat big bait. They eat gizzard shad. They eat crappie. I mean, they it's a very shallow fishery filled with stumps you know so i like how it's it's not the easiest to navigate the fish are big um and honestly i feel like i'd be scared to swim in lake fork because i feel like if you went swimming around one of those 10 pounders might come up there and bite your foot or something <laughs> there's just <laughs> that many big fish in that pond hey i saw you uh fall down you you crashed you had a pretty good crash on the on the deck of the boat there uh, that yeah, you could I, have gone overboard. <laughs> I, I definitely took a dirt nap on that one. That was actually the first keeper of the morning, and I actually had to ice my ankle and after I got done driving. It hurt. I was kind of surprised after the adrenaline. I was kind of, but actually kind of hurts. So I better put some ice on that sucker. No idea why I was going to the front of the boat with that much momentum. Like I don't. You can only go 15 feet, you know. I don't know why I was running that fast, but I caught that cable from that camera and i'm telling you i just flat on my face i think i had some carpet in my teeth (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well i'm glad that you bounced right back up and went on and had a monster day uh and a monster tournament man when you when you surpass the century mark and you catch more than 100 pounds you're supposed to win the tournament you came in second that that lake is that's a testament to fork It, it truly is a testament to fork when you can catch 100 pounds I think it was 102 pounds and some change and still lose by 10 pounds. That's unbelievable. I mean, it's that truly the fishing in that lake, like you said, year after year after year, no matter how much pressure that lake gets, it still performs. And that's just what I love about that place is just there's so many fish in there. There's so many big fish. Um, And you can't complain when you catch 102 pounds. Um, and I'd rather, I'd much rather get beat by 10 pounds than say by like a pound or two or, or if I was only one fish away, then it's like, man, shoulda, coulda, woulda. But when a guy catches 42 pounds on the final day, he deserves to win. Yeah, that's a little tough to compete with. That was, that was amazing. Uh, you, you were pulling up on these fish that were both, it looked like pre-spawn and post-spawn. They were coming in and out of that area that, that you were in. Uh, on Sunday morning, um, and and I guess that was the game plan. You just kind of set up in a transition spot. Is that what that was? It really was. I was trying to hit high percentage areas where the fish were coming and going, kind of where it was just kind of hard spots on little shallow points. 
um, where the shad were starting to spawn, the shad were grouping up, and the fish, it's basically, it's the dinner plate. Those fish pull up there and they feed on the way to spawn, and when they get done spawning, they come back there and they hit, they feed real hard before they go back offshore. Um, and it's, it's really, it's like, it's a hero or zero. You're either going to bust them really good or you're going to struggle. Um, and day two, I think the whole field in general struggled with different weather conditions. I think the lake was pulling water. And so nobody really caught them. I ended up catching only 15 pounds day two. Um, Lee Livesey only had 17 pounds. So it was, you could tell things were different. And then after that, things really picked back up. And day four, uh, on Sunday, I think we had the best weather conditions. The full moon was on Monday. And I think those fish just, they, they, the fish that were actually there, started biting and it showed you what was living in that pond yeah it was, it was just so much fun to watch you know I, I was watching on fs1 uh it's so cool that the elite series is uh saturday and sunday mornings live now uh this year and it looked like an edited best of uh video <laughs> because they were just going boat to boat to boat you know libacy's got a nine pounder now wait a minute let's move it over here there were like six of you guys that were just pounding them and they were going in circles it was it was just amazing to watch and then you did one of my favorite things in the world you threw a big old crankbait out there i believe it was and and pulled back uh, drew back about a two pound crappie yeah you can't beat those suckers i'm telling you <laughs> they live in that i caught some good ones in practice yeah, the crappie in Lake Fork, I don't think, gets as much notoriety as the bass fishing does. Uh, what crappie I've caught out there in that timber is, uh, it kind of makes me want to go out there and drown a minnow every now and then. <laughs> they had a big crappie thon out there a couple of weeks ago, and to make the top 20, you had to have a two-pounder better uh, crappie, so that, that tells you. And there was one three-pounder that came out of that uh, that tournament. Uh, man, I tell you what, you're on fire. If you look back over your past year and bring it on down to the last six months, uh, you are performing at a very high level. Do you feel like you're fishing at the top of your game, Patrick? Um, I feel like we're getting close. You know, there's always some things that, you know, some decisions you wish you would have made a little different. Um, I wasn't too happy with my Sabine finish. I think we finished 32nd there. Um, I thought I could do a little better at that one. That one was a little mishap. I'm not worried about the next tournament. I'm only worried about today and then the first day of the next tournament, just one day at a time. I'm not worried about making the final day. I'm just trying to catch everything that I can catch, and things are just kind of slowly progressing. It's uh, Things are going good. You just kind of got to ride that train when the train leaves the station. Do you ever take a peek over there at those Angler of the Year points and see what's going on? Uh, I don't look at them too much. I do get informed about them, though. Like my wife, she looked at them, and I was talking with Ronnie last night, and uh, he showed them to me. And people do tell you about them, so you do know where it's at. Uh, but I don't – I just keep on – you know we're there. I know it's a tight race between me and Seth um, at right now. Um, and Seth is having a great season. He's going to be a hard one to beat. You know, he up north yet to the smallmouth. But uh, I'm looking forward to it because it's worth it. Patrick, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. And, hey, we're watching week after week to see what Patrick Walters is doing. It's so much fun to watch a fish, man. Go get them. Man, Billy, I greatly appreciate it. Anytime y'all want me back on, just give me a call, and uh, hopefully we can keep catching fish. And uh, I look forward to getting back to Lake Fork really soon. Patrick, be safe, and we'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Y'all take care. Doesn't that just boggle your mind? How do you catch a better than 25-pound-a-day average for four days in a bass tournament and not win? <laughs> 
That's unbelievable. Lake Fork, what a place. If you've never been, I know it's on your bucket list. Get down there. Go out to East Texas and catch yourself a giant. We're all out of time. I want to thank my guests today. Stephen Browning, Patrick Walters, Tom Dockin, Joel Hamm, Larry Wysoon. Did you hear that piece? That was pretty interesting. And I want to thank you for hanging out with us, too. I also want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we have together each week in this old camp house and invite you back next time around. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch. Music.